Welcome to Money Loves Happy People, the number one podcast for professional women who want to advance in their careers without sacrificing their mental and physical health. Wholeness is the new rich. Christy has assisted her clients with earning over $12 million in salary raises since 2020. Yes, women are still getting paid in these tough economic times. Are you next? Now, let's join our host, Christy Rutherford. Welcome everyone to Money Loves Happy People. I am your host, Christy Rutherford. Welcome to my podcast. All right, so... What I really want to talk about and what I really want to create is a new conversation in the market with regards to what's possible for high achieving women. So many times we're buying into the narrative that there is not enough. We're not enough. We can't get ahead and all these things is simply not true. It's simply the belief system that you've adopted based on the limitations of other people, but that doesn't have to be true for you. As we're moving through this podcast and as I'm moving through the information, I'm going to share some insight and then I'm also going to take some questions from women who have challenges. Men, you should have showed up to ask these questions, but these are women asking the questions. So the first thing that I want to talk about is how to get a raise. How to get a raise is search 9.2 billion times a month. A month. 9.2 billion times People want to know how do they get a raise. So I want to share five points with you today. I'm going to share three now, and then I'm going to share two later. So the first point, getting clear and honest on how you're showing up. I know you wanted me to talk about how to ask for a raise, how to negotiate, but that's not true. The real problem to solve for is, Are you being honest about how you're showing up? Do you truly believe that you can get more money? Do you think that you deserve more money? And are you showing up angry, bitter, resentful, and you're getting opportunities locked or closed out of doors and rooms that are available to you, but you can't get in them because you don't necessarily have the policing personality that's going to allow people to invite you into their circle. Clarity and honesty on how you're showing up, number one. Number two, owning your value. Three, building relationships with decision makers. Let's talk about number one. How are you showing up at work? Are you showing up at work being dependable, but you don't feel like you deserve it? Are you dependable, but undeserving? A lot of women that I've talked to have resigned themselves to the fact that they don't really believe that they not can't make more money, that they actually deserve more money. They don't think that they deserve more money because they didn't grow up with a lot of money, so they should be grateful for what they have today. Or they grew up with a lot of money and then they feel guilty for having money in the past and they're self-sabotaging in the present. Are you dependable and you're working three times as hard for half the pay? That should not be normal. That is not true. That is a myth. That is a lie that you've adopted to be able to complain about circumstances that you can change. How are you showing up? I talk about it all the time. I would rather have a hungry white guy on my team than a bitter and resentful sister or woman. 
any day. It's not necessarily a popular stance. They say, Chris, you should open the door. I do. But I'm busy, too. I'm getting harassed, too. I'm getting beat up, too. I can't resuscitate you, sis. I like you, though. <laughs> I'm one of 50 black female officers out of 47,000 people. I had challenges. I've been through it at the senior level. I have nothing left to give. I can't resuscitate you. I can't open the door for you if you're going to come in and be a problem. I can't open the door for you if I got to drag you through the door and do the work on you and make you a fixer-upper. I personally don't have the capacity to do it. But I'm the one that's supposed to be responsible for it. I don't have it. I got some hungry guys that were on my team of actually different nationalities. I got the hungry brother on my team. I'm picking before I pick you. I got the hungry white guys, and they, oh, amazing rock stars to this day. I talk to them to this day. I will pick them over you any day. So imagine if I'm going to do that, not because I'm trying to cross the system, but I'm going through it too. I can't help you if I'm on fire. I can't put your fire out if I'm on fire if you're on my team. So don't make other people responsible for saving you from something that you should be saving yourself from. Don't look for your job to be able to help you manage your mental health. They're not responsible because they crazy too. You can't keep looking for your leadership team to be responsible for you maintaining your mental health. There's this whole movement that's going on right now where it says managers should be responsible for their people's mental health. Lie. Because the managers are going through it too. They got moms with Alzheimer's too. They have kids with autism too. They got trifling <laughs> spouses at home that's spending all their money too. They're not responsible. They're going through stuff too. They have challenges too. You are solely responsible for your mental and physical health. I don't care what lie you're telling yourself. I don't care what articles you've read. Women are dying in jobs from preventable medical conditions that had they just taken the reins to their own lives and stopped surrendering it to other people who aren't responsible for it and they don't care. They have died waiting for the cavalry to come, waiting for a DEI policy to be enacted, waiting for their managers to act like they got some sense, waiting for their spouses to act like they got some sense, waiting for their kids to go to elementary school, high school, but now waiting for the grandbabies to go. Like women have died in bondage. That's not fair. Are you doing that? Are you the greatest barrier to your success? Number two, owning your value. Are you able to adequately calculate? Number two, owning your value. Are you able to adequately calculate how much you should be making right now? Baseline, it has to be over $100,000. It has to be over $100,000. It has to be over $100,000. $100,000 is a new 10000 It's not that much. Is not the come up. It's not the come up. You got an MBA, two MBAs making $85,000 a year. Why did you get the second one? If the first one didn't do it, the second one didn't do it, the reason why it didn't happen is because you didn't ask. You got the degree in hopes that your leadership team would see that you're doing something to be of value, but you never claim that value. 
Are these degrees even hanging on your wall? Or did you put them in a box and put them under your bed? Are you even claiming how great you are? Or have you used your awards to be able to stabilize a shaky table? Are you even owning how great you are? Or are you hiding the greater parts and the awards that you've been given and you feel like they're nothing and then you feel like you're nothing all the while working 80 hours a week and sacrificing your mental and your physical health to be someone of value when you've already done that. You've done enough. Stop getting these degrees. Stop working hard. Own who you already are. Own the work that you've done. Own how great you are and they will pay you for it. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. Do you want to learn how to ask for and get a 30% raise without getting another degree? Look, black women are the most educated and the least paid. I should tell you that that math is not mathing. The degree is not the path to the next level. It's actually learning how to articulate the value and take credit for the work that you've already done. So I want to invite you to get my free case study at changenowwithchrissy.com. Just get the information, use it and take the money out of the hands of your employers and put it into your household because you already deserve it. You just have to know how to ask for it. Again, changenowwithchristy.com. I can't wait for you to get this insight. Use it and get the money that you deserve. Take care. Number three, building relationships with the decision makers. Who are you building relationships with at work? I had a client who had been trying to get promoted in this organization for three years. She went to her boss once a month and they had a conversation. I said, he knows your work. He does not know you. <laughs> People promote who they know, like, and trust. People mentor who they know, like, and trust. People sponsor who they know, like, and trust. They may know your work, but do they know you? Are you spending your time volunteering for tasks while they're out at happy hour? Are you spending your time doing the DEI initiatives while they're out playing golf? They don't know you. They know your work. And you see time and time again, they promote the man who has 10% of the qualities of what you do. They do 10% of the work that you do, but they make 200% more than what you do. And they continue to get promoted again and again and again. And they put you on that person's team because they know you won't let them fail because you're dependable, but you don't feel like you're deserving. You're dependable and you haven't asked for it. You got all the degrees. You have all the experience, but you haven't owned who you are. So you always going to play second fiddle to somebody who's going to be intimidated by your work, who you're better than. You're creating the situation. So build relationships with the decision makers and not phony relationships, but build trusted relationships. So I told my client, you know what? When you go in there for your once a month, he knows your work. You don't have to get briefed on that. When you go in there for your once a month meeting, Ask him questions about himself. Three questions that you can ask. If they have pictures of their kids hanging around, people love to talk about their families. What are your kids' names? She, has, she had a two-year-old at the time. His favorite cartoon is what? What are your kids' favorite cartoons? So you're trying to build relationships on that personal level. Number two, what's some of the best advice that you've gotten from a mentor? You better believe that people who are in high-level positions have been mentored. And they would love to be able to share that insight with you if you ask. Ask them, what's the best piece of advice you got from your mentor? 
Number three, what are the two things that you've done in your career that you think that have made you the most successful? Successful people love to talk about ourselves. I'm not going to say themselves. We love to talk about ourselves, especially when we're stuck in ego on a job. Nobody ever asks about us. Simple, classic how to win friends and influence people. People don't care about you. They care about themselves. What do you think two things that you've done that have attributed to your level, to your level of success? What advice do you have for me? But before you even get what advice you have for them, what do you think has made you successful? So you're acknowledging that they're successful and you want to know about them. Three months later, she got an executive level position and a $200,000 raise. Three months. She was trying to get it for three years. It took three months of building a relationship with her boss and, and getting to know him. He knew her. He liked her. He trusted her, not her work. Y'all don't have to work harder. Build the relationships. Number four, be consistent with the positive mental attitude. You ain't like that, huh? I just felt the world go sigh. How dare she tell me I'm angry. You are. It's okay. I used to be angry. Be consistent with the positive mental attitude. And I'm not talking about pretending, but I'm saying you actually deserve to be happy now. Number five, last one, ask. Boom. I wish I had a fireball here. <laughs> ask. Why is that so hard? You can't be mad that you didn't get what you didn't ask for. You can't be mad they didn't give you what you didn't ask for. You can't be mad that the men asked and got it. And while you're over there waiting to be asked year after year after year, well, they want me to have it. They should ask me, how is that working for you? It ain't. It is not. I'll clean that up a little bit. I did go to Harvard Business School. It's not working. Ask largely. Don't hesitate to ask largely. If you only ask for $5,000, they already know that you don't know what you're doing. They're going to be like, you know what? We don't have that, but we'll give you a piece of party and a pack of toilet tissue. You'll be like, thank you. Take it. I'll take it. I'll take anything. You're desperate. Nothing good comes out of being desperate. You're going to take it. Mm. They gave me an Amazon gift card. Ooh. Thank you. $50. You asked for $5,000, you settle for $50. If you go in and say, I've done these three things to the organization. Three. I'm always asking threes for an existing organization. I've assisted this organization with earning $5 million in profit this year, $3 million last year, $2 million the previous year before that. This is how I've helped you earn money. I've saved this organization over $200,000 in the past three quarters of the past year, the past two years. How did you make the money? How did you save the money? That's what they care about. I created a program and I automated a system that saved us 10,000 manager hours, which equates to over $500,000. My project did that. 
Did you save them time? Did you save them money? Did you make them money? You've done it. You just haven't quantified it. You think you deserve a raise just because you've been working it for the past 10 years. La. <laughs> you think you deserve a raise because you've shown up on time for the past 30 years. Or what else have you done? You've never quantified and then asked. I've heard women say, I'm going to have a conversation. We're going to have the conversation about promotion and, and compensation structure. I'd be like, what you going to say? They'd be like, what you think? I'd be like, hold up. You going into a conversation to talk about getting a raise and you don't have a plan? And you wonder why you keep walking out year after year after year without the raise that you never asked for. You never expected and you never quantified why you deserve it. The man who's adequately taking credit for your work got a degree in typewriting. Work 35 hours a week. Plays golf, basketball, happy hour, gin, juice, all that. Ask for $200,000. Get it. And you mad. Because you never asked and you didn't get anything. So for heaven's sakes, if you do anything, ask. But ask smartly. And know that you deserve it by taking credit for who you are and what you've already done. Don't walk in there afraid and ask for that money because you get what you believe. And if you ask for $200,000 and you shaking in your voice, oh, it's over. So please don't hesitate to ask largely and resist the urge to complain about not getting what you haven't asked for. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. I want to tell you about my resume course, how to use the superpower method to write an irresistible resume to land you a high paying job. If you can't figure out why you can't get to the next level, if you think that they are barriers to your success, that's not it. If you haven't learned how to adequately take credit for the work that you've done, if you don't know how to articulate it and even give it to a resume writer that you've paid $3,000, dollars $5,000 to, if you haven't given them the right information, then how can they output something that is of quality and value? So go ahead, get this course. It's less than $50. Get the information, use it, and write an irresistible resume that will get you the salary that you deserve today. So click on the link on around this video or go or go to or go to the superpowermethod.com or go to the superpowermethod.com, get it, use it, get paid what you deserve today. So how do you calculate your worth, you know, like what to ask for? How much you make now? 95. How do you? 30. So your value is 325000 How did I get there? Do yeah, how'd you get there? How I just calculated her value? Who cares? <laughs> Why does it matter? Put a price tag on it and go. Period. That's my answer. Why does it matter? You can't be saying, I only make $100,000 and then get mad at the 25-year-old who believes, who believes, who believes that they deserve four twenty-five. dollars Why don't you believe 
that you can make three hundred twenty-five thousand. So I think it's. Huh? Oh no, you go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I was gonna say definitely it was like like self-esteem issues and not recognizing like how amazing I was in in the past and stuff. But uh, no more of that. Yeah, but but we worked together, so now you know how great you are. Yeah, exactly. How? Give me your top three bad ass things that you that you've done and who you are. I think right, it's like my resourcefulness, like knowing how to like get the best result with what I already have, and um, also like harmony, like bringing people together and like building lifelong relationships with people. Um. My third one I'm still working on, I wrote down project management because, like, I've always written down lists and stuff, but I, I think I'm still, I think I got to hone in on something better for the third one. But did y'all hear her confidence, though? Did y'all hear her confidence when she started saying how great she was? Her voice got louder when she started to talk about what value she had. Her voice started to project when she talked about how great she was. When I said... Tell me how great you are because you know she got louder. Her question was kind of dicey. <laughs> that question was dicey. But when I said tell me how great you are, she did not shrink. She stood up and she was confident and she said, this is what I've done. And she going to make up the third one. It doesn't even matter what she say on the third one. She believes that she has value. That's the key. She could easily ask for 625. That's my number, Rocky. I just wrote 325 since she was tripping. But when you stood up, 625, easy. So a good rule, double what you're making. If you're going to play small, 30%. If the wage gap is 30% between men and women, just go be equal. But if you really want to blow it out of the park, 3x it. If you're 50-something with an NBA, Making less than $100,000, shame on you. If you 35, if you 28 with an MBA, making less than 100, if you make less than $100,000, shame on you with the MBA, with the degree, with an advanced degree. A part of it isn't necessarily what's my value is, why don't I believe that I can triple my salary? Why do I believe that $100,000 is to come up? It's not that much. A part of the challenge is y'all are comparing your money to other people. You're comparing your value to what the people around you make. You're not having the, the right conversations with other people. You're not having conversations and getting uncomfortable with people who make more money. When I was in the military, I thought making 120 was to come up because I'm making four times more than my family. Everybody around me, we're all making about the same amount of money. I really thought 125 was to come up until I started to meet people who made $300,000 a month. Until I started to meet people who made $1.2 million a month. Most of them didn't graduate from high school or college. But you got all these college-educated people who aren't making over $100,000, and they think that's the come up. We're doing something wrong. Education is not the way. Easy, 30%. Y'all want to do what's easy? Go for 30%. If, you, if you're less than 30. If you 30-something... Two exit. You 40 something, three exit. Because why? At 40, you now have 20 years of work experience. At 30 something, you have five to 10 years work experience. And women 
inherently don't know how to ask for raises and money anyway. So you've been working. You can't complain that you've been undervalued for 10 years and then say, I'm going to ask for an extra $10,000. Hey, Chris Rutherford here. If you want to learn how to get a 30% raise this year without getting another degree, go ahead and get my free case study and get this information. Use it. You can go to changenowwithchrissy.com, changenowwithchrissy.com. It's about 30 minutes. Use the insight. Own your value and get paid what you desire and deserve. Take care. See you soon. So my question is not necessarily how to get a raise, but how to negotiate as I am looking for um, new positions. Because coming from teaching, there's no negotiation. So um, when your salary is like, this is the number, this is what you're going to be paid. So as I'm looking for something, um, I'm getting interesting feedback when I ask for like stock options or they're like who like who is this lady asking for the world? I was like, I'm me. And so that's my question is how do I negotiate it in the process of like looking for a new position. Okay. So you want to know how to negotiate a higher salary is what you want based on if you came from teaching, which was how much? Forty seven. Okay. So you want to go from forty seven to what? Ninety three. That's my number, ninety-three thousand. Forty-seven and ninety. I know it's love. Is that double? Yeah, but that that would be me personally. I'm not even talking about my business. I'm talking about just me, what my salary would be. Okay, so you want to go from forty-seven to Mm ninety-three, and then what industries are you looking at? Oh, I'm looking in finance. Um. I, I also hold a real estate license and I'm a tax professional as well. Okay. So I'm looking in the finance realm that blends those two things. So you're going from fi- finance, teaching to finance to real estate to making pottery? What was the, what was the fourth one? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, okay. I am a teacher. I have a te- teaching license. I am leaving teaching. That okay. That's done. I wrote a resignation letter a while back. I have a MBA, so I'm looking in the realm of finance because I am also a real estate agent, which I have been for years to supplement the teaching income. So to combine those things, my knowledge, I want to be in uh, finance, right? And that's where the real estate and tax professional come together because real estate and tax overlap a lot. So, d- so the people. That's why I'm looking. This is going to be real fun. Mm-hmm. Why ain't nobody <laughs> asking me questions? So the people who you talking to looking at you like I'm looking at you right now, huh? Yep. Uh, they're Correct. confused. You don't they have are. One, you don't have one clean story, which is what the problem is. It's not okay. that you don't. You're asking for 93. They don't know what you want. Okay. Does that make sense? It's like, it's not yeah, that no. things don't match, but you're not expressing who you are and what value you add to them. They're trying to figure out where do you fit. So it's like, you're okay. like the square peg and you're like, okay, well, I can kind of fit into this, square, this round hole. I can kind of fit into the <laughs> octagon. I may be able to fit into the triangle, but what y'all think? And they're like, we don't think nothing. Okay. You're coming in saying I'm a finance professional and this is what I could do for you. One, two, three. You're coming in trying to make it fit. Okay. They're confused and you're confused. Hmm. So what three things 
do you have to offer any position that you're applying for? It's not that they think that you don't belong there. It's not that they don't think that they will pay you. Because I'm 93 is like, aren't eggs $10 in America? <laughs> 100000 is the new 10000 You can't get nothing. If you're going for 93, you might as well shoot for 125. If you say you're a professional okay. and you all that, you only ask it for 93. And and I think we talked about this on a on a LinkedIn profile where you made a comment. And I'm like, if people are coming looking for you, you acting like you sax. But you and TJ Maxx. So you can't walk in the door and say, I'm all that. And then you and then you put yourself on clearance. With eight stickers on it. Then they running you out the door. And you be like, oh my God, they don't want me. Black women. You got all these barriers. They don't. What? <laughs> Three qualities do you have that will be an asset to the finance industry? Um, okay. Well, my background in real estate that like that's nothing that's like yeah what's the quality? i'm trying to answer your question all right so we can come back i want you to think about it. i want i want i want you to write okay. down three tangible qualities you know what i like about a delicious crispy fried hot golden brown buttery brioche bun with two pickles and chick-fil-a sauce number one cracked chicken sandwich in america you know see how it makes me feel it's delicious. Now, I ain't had a Chick-fil-A sandwich in two years. But I remember the golden hot, always hot, because the line is always long with the refreshing sweet tea with a splash of lemon in it. I could tell you exactly how it makes me feel, and I can give you the description of the sandwich. If you walk into Chick-fil-A and say, I want chicken, and they'd be like, well, what experience do you have? It's chicken. How many ways can y'all make chicken? A thousand. You have to be clear and succinct when you're coming to, to sell yourself to organizations. Otherwise, you're not going to get the result that you want. And you can easily blame them because there are plenty of articles that will say why you should blame other people. There are plenty of articles say why black women can't get ahead and why people are hating on us and why we can't open the door and why we have all these barriers to success when we, when we don't know our value and we're not understanding how we can articulate who we are and what we bring to the market. That's the problem. So I'll give you 10 minutes and we'll wrap back around. And this isn't a personal attack. Do you feel attacked? I don't feel attacked. I'm not soft like that. Great. <laughs> so I want you to... Raise your hand when you have the three skills, tangible skills, not your experience. What can you do for an organization? Do we have another question? What are your techniques for pushing someone out of their comfort zone? <laughs> what is my technique for pushing people outside their comfort zone? Ask me that question in a different way. I am in my... Um, I working with this organization that I've been with for 19 years. Okay. And uh, I have made a decision that I need to move on. Okay. But being 19 years in an organization, I am very comfortable in what I do. 
And so how do I get myself to the point where I get out of this comfort level and make the next move. I haven't I haven't interviewed in 19 years because I've been at the same position, you know. So, how do I get ready for that next step? So, is it comfortable or are you scared? I think I'm maybe both. Okay. Because you know, not having done anything else for so long, I'm very comfortable and probably scared of the unknown. Okay. How much? How much do you make? Uh, 175. How old are you? I'm 53. Okay, so you're 53 making 175. I have a 35-year-old making 400. So, if your value is 325, so that's an extra $200,000, what could you do with an extra $200,000 a year? For me, travel. Travel where? All over. Where? Italy, um, just a lot of countries in Europe. Okay. You want to go by yourself or you want to take your family? I'll take my family. Okay, so you're not going to go run butt naked down the beach by yourself. You're going to take your family. So you want to take your family to different places? Yes. Okay. Do you want to fly coach where they got picnic table seats for, for 18 hours or do you want to fly first class? Travel that far. Okay, so you want to fly first class? Yes. Okay, like the double-decker planes where they have the bar and the seats that lay down flat and you can go to sleep? I want a comfort. Okay, so you want to fly bougie. So where do you want to stay? You want to stay in a hostel? Well, are y'all sleeping in a bunk bed? So you actually want to stay in a luxury hotel? I would, I would let, want to stay in a luxury hotel. Okay, how many people in your family would you take with you? Uh, four altogether, including myself. So it was you, who and who, and who? My husband and my two kids. How old are your kids? Uh, they're in their 20s. Okay, so you want your kids to experience luxury travel. What else? Probably more comfortable things in life. Like what? Like a more comfortable car. So, no. so, here, so here's why I'm asking you all these questions, right? Mm-hmm. You're not giving a reason. You're not the only one who do it, but it's like pulling teeth to get y'all to dream again. You ask a kid what they want, they can tell you. But you haven't kept up with your dreams for what you want, so you're 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 asking to, to just be comfortable. You're asking to squeak by in life. You're not asking for the greater things. So you're not making room to be able to receive what you want because you're not specific. Does that make sense? Like you haven't really mm -hmm. attached the burning desire that you want to travel and you want to leave generational wealth and you want to be able to do these things before. Like, we don't know when tomorrow is our last day. Like, we don't know if we have this moment. So you haven't put any intensity behind the things that you want, which is why you're comfortable with being where you are and you're not asking because there is no burning desire. So once you start to say, this is the life that I want to live and I don't care it's not necessarily what it what it takes to get there. It's like, this is what I want. I don't care how it comes. This is the dream that I want. This is the dream life that I want. This is how I want to feel. 
comfortable and complacency has killed most adults dreams. But you see all the men around you believe that they deserve 200, 300, $400,000 and they get it. And they 28. <laughs> you got 25 year olds coming out of college, making more than you in your same organization. You 52. And you'll go to the women's empowerment event to complain about what you're not looking to change for yourself because you haven't attached your desires, your burning desire to your money. So I want you to think about, we're going to wrap back around you. Like, what do you want in specificity? Like what's going to set your soul on fire? What's going to make you happy? is not necessarily about, I want to buy a new car or I want a bigger house. You have people who are happier with smaller cars and, and not so fancy houses, but they could afford to travel anywhere they want to. They can buy a house on a cruise ship and just cruise around for a year. They can go where they want to go. They can do what they want to do, but we've attached the reason why we want make, we want to make more money is to buy a reliable car. That's boring. How do you want to live? What do you want to do with the money? How is the world going to be greater because you have money? Who can you serve with money? What causes can you give if you had more money? So I want to know what makes you happy because once you start to tap in what brings you joy and once you start to tap in, like if I had more money, I would give more money, then more money is automatically going to come to you because you've made yourself a vessel to be able to receive more because you've agreed universally to give more. All right. Hey, Chrissy Rutherford here inviting you to join my private community. Money loves happy people. Yes. The information is so good. We do live interviews Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I have hundreds of on-demand videos in this community, including my signature course, how to use the superpower method to write an irresistible resume, my other course, Seven Keys to Getting the Raise That You Desire and Deserve. I made hundreds of videos from amazing thought leaders from around the world. You have access to on demand for less than $500. Go ahead, register, join us in this community, get this insight and get paid what you desire and deserve. Take care. All right. Any more questions? You told me to give you three skills so that I could get more clear. Okay. So I have the gift of analysis. I'm very good with analytical skills, customer service, and project management. What? Did you hear me? I heard it. Did you hear you? <laughs> yeah. I heard me. You got what? Analysis. Analytical skills, customer service, and project management. These SAT words. Well, I have them in biblical terms. My gift is Oh, teaching. you went to the Bible to I get do them. that what? well. Yes. I'm trying to put them in, you know, business terms for you. You, you went to um, the Bible to get your to get your words and then you converted them into business? Well You ain't say that. You she I said did that. say that. Oh my it's God. the truth. I can tell I teacher, prophet, apostle. Oh, now you're a prophet. I thought you but were a real estate agent. Well, I am, but I'm also a prophet. Like, my chest is starting to burn. I need a drink. 
Somebody give me a I stop drinking. What I do? It's not right. What? You you really said what I wrote down I went to the Bible and then converted it to biblical terms. I mean to business. Customer service project management. I have a little blurb about it after each one too. If you, you want to hear that. Customer service project management. What's the third one? Analysis. And so how does that skills. fit into finance? You have to be able to look at the numbers and are analyze you, whatever is the problem. What, what what jobs are you applying for? I told you fine. The finance one that I like the most. What? I'm trying to get there for you. It was a newly created position, and the lady liked me for it for the purpose of analysis, looking at people's financial portfolios and solving their tax issues. So it doesn't exist. So somebody confused got you confused. I had this client, amazing, high value asset underwriter for Bank of America. Hated her life. She thought she hated her job, she hated her life. And she really needed to clean up the relationship with her father. Once we got that cleaned up, she wanted to move back to her home country. Great, move. Everything fell into place for her to move like that. Sold her house before it even went on the market. All these things happened. And so I was like, all right, we'll take three months off because she was stressed out and crazy. Take three months off. She had enough money. She had a business. She had all these things. She had money. She moved to a different country. She went to some career coach. And the lady told her, we don't have that in this country. She has 20 years of being a high-value asset underwriter for a Fortune 500 company in the U.S. She moves to a different country, and they say, that doesn't exist here. You suck. You're going to lose. So she calls me crying. And I hung up on her because I don't play that. Go eat some chocolate cake, and let's talk tomorrow. So I said, what do you have? Is not what don't you have. What do you have? She has 20 years of banking experience. She had an MBA. She was awarded like the top, uh, like these chairman awards or whatever in her organization. So she had like five strong skill sets of who she was. She had the ability to be able to talk to super wealthy people. She can network and build trusted relationships. She was a manager because she outperformed. If they processed 10 applications a month, she did 40. So she forexed the work of her peers. She ended up closing like $2.1 billion in mortgages and homes in, in whatever she was doing. That's, that's what she brought to the table. That's her roster. These are the things that I've done. The next day she had lunch with a guy who had a startup company and she said, this is who I am. He said, I need that. She rocked with him for six months and we asked for, let me ask for like $30,000 working part-time because she tried to put herself on sale. But I was like, just because you leave the U.S., your value does not go down with the conversion rate. Because she, she can live real comfortably, like $1,000 a month, and you may, your value is $150,000. If they want you, we'll take $30,000 and she'll work no more than 20 hours a month because this is what I can do for you. He paid it six months. After that, she's having lunch with another guy, a senior officer at another bank in the area. She said, this is what I do. He said, I need that. She turned that job down, went and got another job. I say all that to say three years later, she's now the head of high value asset underwriting 
a brand new position at that bank in that country. She created that position there. So this is what was clear. She was clear on who she was. And people say, I need that. The reason why I say you're confused is like, you're not clear on who you are and you're applying for a job that's fuzzy on what they want. A Hmm. whole hot ASS mess. And it's less than $100,000. That's the trickery Mm -hmm. that they play at less than $100,000. Cause they gonna give you six people's jobs. Am I yelling? I think I'm yelling. Should we turn my microphone down? They're gonna give you all the special projects that nobody wants to do. And now you're creating Mm -hmm. a toxic workplace because you don't know what you're doing in a, in a very simple, clean job. And they don't know what they want you to do. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Cause when I ask that question, no one can answer it. Why would you Mm -hmm. go work for a fuzzy job? You're going to create a toxic work environment. Gotcha. And then you're going to get in there and be like, oh my God, they're not treating me right. They're not, they're, <laughs> they overworking me and they treat me right. And then you're going to read all these articles where they're not treating black women right. And we got to work three times as hard and, and we're not making no money. It's going to justify why you are where you are. You're going to stay there for five years. Hair going to fall out. High blood pressure. Fat. <laughs> I should have just stayed at teaching. Oh, God. I know no. these people in corporate. No. They ain't doing me right. That was you in the beginning. I probably could have said okay, that nicely, but I ain't want to. <laughs> I told you I'm not soft like that. Okay, great. Before we're done, to give me your five tangible achievements. Not this fuzzy stuff. You walking into Chick-fil-A asking for chicken. You walking into Starbucks asking for something hot. Can I get some wet? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, what? If they confuse, you confuse. And they gonna spray water in your hair. It's over. You asked for something wet. You didn't say I wanted a coffee or tea. They gave you wet in your face. They gave you what you asked for. You confused, they confused. That's not a good match. That That is a okay. recipe for a toxic work environment that you knowingly, as a queen, as a bad ASS, which is what you pretty much said about yourself, the greatest thing, walking, you walked into a trap because you okay. were unclear on what kind of queen you were. And that's never okay. So again, the five things that I want to recap with regards to how to get a raise, which is searched 9.2 billion times a month is number one, getting clear and honest on how you're showing up. Number two, owning your value. Three, build relationships with the decision makers, not build relationships with the wrong people. Who are the people who have the influence in your organization? The relationship should be strategic. And look, let's be clear. Don't keep complaining that you're losing because you refuse to play the game. The game is being played whether or not you want to play. So either you playing the game or you getting played. Either you moving the pieces on the chessboard or you being moved. There are no ways around it. Get engaged in the game. Be strategic so you can get the money that you deserve. 
Number four, be consistent with a positive mental attitude. And then number five, ask for heaven's sakes. Ask for what you deserve and break the fear cycle of not making the amount of money that's going to be able to give you the lifestyle that you deserve, give your family the lifestyle that you deserve, and give the, give the world the gifts that they deserve from you that are waiting for you. So with that, I hope this information has been useful for you. Again, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform, iTunes, iHeart, wherever we are. And then also click subscribe on YouTube and join me for the next episode. Cannot wait. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and YouTube and get Christy's insight to learn how to get a 30% raise this year without getting another degree by texting change now to 66866. That's change now to 66866. Your life will never be the same for the best.